Welcome to John Wayne Lied to You, the storytelling podcast featuring me, this guy here in a robe on a prayer and the wisp in the wind on a leaf in the breeze. John Wayne, that's right. Here I am. That one got away from me. That's okay. I'm back here in my neon palace of sin in fabulous downtown Las Vegas, Nevada, coming to you. Thank you guys for joining me for another episode, getting it back on track here, getting it together. I appreciate it so much. Welcome to the show. Uh, if you're new, if I just met you, you're checking it out. Thank you guys for checking out the show. I very much appreciate it. As I said, I am here in my neon palace of sin in my little nook and cranny of an office that is coming to life, burgeoning. Everything is coming together in here, and I love it. My office is uh, amazing. The studio is all coming together, and it's uh, it's been a while, but it feels good. I, of course, am drinking a nice hype, hype, hype. It could be hyped too, I guess. A hyped up, hot piping, hyping p- coffee right now. Um, I'm actually drinking this out of this is out of a, a mug. Uh, that I got as as a gift from a a fellow author um, who I met at uh, Phoenix Fan Fusion. Um, And uh, his name is David Allen Gordon. He spells Allen A-L-Y-N, which I find is very cool, I think. Um, But anyway, yeah, I'm reading, uh, I'm not reading this, I'm reading the mug, but yeah, David's a cool guy. Check him out. Uh, He's got a series of some books out there, and uh, yeah, I'm just... He gave me this mug before we parted ways, and I'm uh, enjoying my coffee out of it today. I also have, of course, my uh, nice full, full, full piping, peeping pipe bowl of Grand Papias Metasen, the old green, green medicine, uh, green giant uh, up there. Do you think that the green giant, um, you know, from the uh, peas and carrots and whatever, like he would climb that big beanstalk and like his pubes were weed like where the weed grew in on his body and he would just rip them off and drop them down to jack and the and the rest of the villagers that would be cool i think that's what i'm gonna go with uh but i am smoking some of the green giants pubes right now in the form of uh this is called garlic cookies is the strain i got ladies and gentlemen garlic cookies from of course local oasis that i love my local uh wonderful wonderful um dispensary here in town very close to my home where i uh, I like to go get all of my weedy weediness from. So I'm here. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, it's a Sunday morning and I'm home. So first <clears throat> we'll address that. But major shouts out to all of my Patreon supporters. Guys, thank you so much uh, for joining my Patreon. Um, it, it means the world to me. I appreciate it truly with all of my heart. I, I really mean it when I say you keep me alive out there because you truly do. So thank you uh, and big shouts out to you guys as uh, being on my Patreon. Um, if you uh, are new or you want to check out my Patreon, please head on over to patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead. And you can check out the tiers and join one of them, get some freebies, get some cool things. And then every uh, week you get access to the awesome Dude for Life boner bonus podcast, which comes out on there uh, on my Patreon page weekly along with uh, awesome videos and um, other recordings of songs that I'm writing or, or uh, performances that I've been doing at these conventions and a lot of fun stuff, a lot of very fun stuff up there. So for as little as a dollar a month, you can join my Patreon. Please check it out, uh, patreon.com slash Dead, or just go to the johnwayneisdead.com website. Just go there and uh, you can click... Everything is available for you right there at johnwainisdead.com. Check out my Patreon. Uh, all of you who are joined already, thank you so, so, so much. Uh, it does truly mean the world to me, uh, especially in these trying times that which we live in today. So I very much appreciate the support uh, um, from you guys and any support. Thank you for listening to the show. Like I said, if you're just checking out the show, guys, you know, I'm, I'm a scrapper. I'm, I'm out there scraping, scrapping and surviving good times every week and, uh, you know, I, I tell people when they, you know, are at my table and they buy a book, you know, any, any, I appreciate any support at all. And I do like even just listening to the show. I, that's a great, huge support talking about, you know, tell your friends, you know, all that. I can't tell you how much that means to me. That is exactly how I have been able to achieve the success I have thus far and uh, will be instrumental in, in propelling me into, into the future. So I, I very much thank you guys. Please check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash John Wayne is dead. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I very much appreciate it, and uh, you know, you'll you'll uh, it's a good deed. No good deed goes unturned, or something like that. I think. Uh, so, um, like I said, I am here um, today 
in the Neon Palace of Sin recording, which is um, not where I sh- I'm supposed to be in Denver right now. Um, in the very midst of I should be behind my table at this very, very moment that I'm recording, uh, slinging books. But if uh, I know those of you who follow my Instagram, which if you're not, you very well should, at John Wayne is dead. Uh, on my stories, I announced that <clears throat> I did have to cancel uh, my appearance in Denver this weekend. Uh, for a few reasons. It was um, many splendid thing, actually. Um, you know, I've been going several weeks in a row, and uh, I have uh, several more weeks lined up in a row that are going to start here in like three days. Uh, so <clears throat> coming up to this one, I looked at this convention. I've never done the the Phoenix Fan Expo, or, or not Phoenix Fan Expo, I'm sorry. I'm, my mind's in Phoenix. I'm going to Phoenix next, or this week. Uh, but um, no, I was at Denver, the Denver Fan Expo. And, and, you know, you guys, if you've, if you've listened to the show for, for a while, I've talked about how the, the conventions are different, the different expos, the different markets that I attend, um, and, and the kind of themes or what, what works or what doesn't work sometimes for, for me just specifically. And, you know, while I did do very well at the Phoenix Fan Fusion convention, which was majority of it is... Uh, pop culture and um, anime and that kind of, you know, uh, movies, that kind of thing, superhero st- stuff, uh, whereas the horror isn't super big at those conventions. I did do well there. This That one happens to be, you know, just a really good one um, for that kind of thing, for, for the crossover, I guess. Um, but I was skeptical. If you want to go back and listen to the episode where I talk about it uh, after it happened, I was very, very skeptical, go- skeptical? skeptical going into the, the Phoenix one, but it turned out awesome. Now, couple of things about this why I why I ended up not doing the Denver one first of all there is all like I said there's always that is do horror guys do horror people do well here at this and I just didn't know that yet <clears throat> um again this is uh, but then this is one of those very huge huge expos where um, it's in a very like a huge convention center um there's ro- like the there's all the rows are labeled like 500 600 1100 12 you know goes up to 2000. Um, across the convention center, um, it's it's just these are huge shows. Nothing wrong with that. It just uh, you know they're just painting the scene for you. So loading into convention centers and stuff. And this is a small aspect of of my issue of uh, why I, I didn't. This this doesn't even really matter. But that's just just let you know, give you some background. Loading into a convention center is. Uh, diff quite different and um, notoriously known for being almost overly difficult um, or made to be overly difficult to load in um, to a convention center because <clears throat> the difference between most of so most of these markets and, and conventions I go to they're at a hotel in the hotels like ballroom but the hotels have these huge rooms you know that they have the dividers and they can push them apart and make these you know these rooms huge for events like like conventions or like, uh, you know, corporate gatherings or fucking weddings, you know, big, big parties, whatever. So they have that space, but it's okay. Of course, not anywhere as big as a huge convention center can be like, um, back in H town, 33rd, third, third coast shouts out Houston. We had the George R. Brown convention center, uh, that, that they did like the comic con there and, and several other things. And it's like, you know, multi-storied, you know, multi-leveled complex that just spans like two city blocks or something. Like these, these things are huge. So it's very different than say like, um, Phoenix, like Phoenix Fan Fusion, not Phoenix Fan Fusion. God, I keep saying that. Uh, like this week, this week I'll be at Mad Monster Party in Phoenix. Very excited, stoked, like super excited to be there. I love that show. I love the people there, but the difference. So with the show like that, I will be at the hotel and can just go downstairs and you load it's right there. You know, you're not you don't have to leave the hotel to do anything. You know, you can load in right from there from your room, from the parking garage. However, you know, if you need to go to the dock, a loading dock of some kind, they have that provided. But you're you, there's options. You're not just all being jammed through one hole um at some certain predetermined time uh that is going to be a nightmare to deal with. Uh and and you can kind of come and go as you please, as long as you're in the hours of the you know load in and stuff. It's just a little bit more convenient. The stress level is much lower. Even like you know, if you guys have been listening for a while, this year I've barely been staying at any of the host hotels just for you know cost reasons. I 
you know, I, I plug in all my, my bonus points, you know, I use my hotels.com bonus, you know, things and, and stay two, three miles away just to, you know, I got to save some bucks, but it's still not, you know, I make sure it's a straight shot to the hotel. I can get there easily. And it's still just going to another hotel, not a convention center where it's like, you know, I don't know, liken it to attending like a NFL game or something like, you know, it's, it's just insane. Um, people wise and, and parking and all this kind of stuff. But you know, this goes with the territory. Yes, I understand <clears throat> small, small complaint, but still, uh, something that does add somewhat of a, an, another layer of difficulty to, to, uh, doing a convention is when you have these, you know, you have to load into a convention center away from the hotel that you're staying at, uh, which even if it is a host hotel, in a certain window that you have, a time window at the dock. Now, another thing like that they'll do a lot is have you stage a few blocks away from the convention center, which I get the logic behind, I, I guess I get on paper how it sounds like it's a good Oh yeah, so keep it organized, and then we'll get in these people here, and then we'll send them, and then when they, and then the doc will call us and say two people left, and we'll send two more people from the, but yeah, that it's, it's like I said, sounds good on paper, but they will have you stage like a several blocks away, so you're at like a another parking lot or field area or something, when then the, the you know kind of line you up or give you a number and they call your number, send you down to the dock. It's a big rigmarole, and it also like does. You, there's no per perfect timing to it. You can't say like, okay, I know that I'll have X amount of hours to set up or I know I'll be able to get in there at this time and get out. So it's just really like you better just clear out the whole time frame and just hope for the best type of thing um, <clears throat> with those. So like I said, it's just it's just a huge pain in the ass, um, the load in wise and then loading out and all that kind of stuff can be. So I wasn't. I already wasn't quite looking forward to that type of thing. Then they announced that you know if if you uh, are any of our sportos out there know that the uh, Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup, NHL Stanley Cup, uh, last week or whatever. So they were having um, the victory parade in down in Denver, um, downtown Denver, where the uh, on Thursday the load-in day. Um, and it was the route was directly in line with where we were going to have to like load in and stage and all this kind of stuff. So we started getting these emails that said, hey, heads up, this parade is going to happen on Thursday, probably will put a little bit of a, a hiccup in things, but we'll let you know we're putting a plan together or something. Then I got another email that was like a couple days later. It's OK, here's the parade route. Here's the times it's going. It will definitely affect our load in. Um, I think they tried to change maybe that they, they opened load in an hour earlier um, to get it started. But now you had to follow a route that was different than the original route so that it would route you around the parade route. There's a lot of routing going on here. Um, and uh, it's uh, like one of the lines in the email said um, that please expect expect there to be major delays please put your patience pants on before you come down and I was like oh no I don't oh no when someone tells you to put your patience pants on and you're not in preschool that that, that can't be good it's not going to be a good situation you know that so I was already like god damn it dude like uh but the ma major thing was looking at it was okay. This is a holiday weekend. It is the if you're listening to this the day it comes out. This comes out on the fourth of July, um, and uh, you know the drive to Denver from Vegas is is about twelve hours, eleven and a half, twelve hours. Um, so not not too too bad. Um, versus like you know the 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 to drive for us here to Phoenix for that huge for a huge kind of um, convention center convention. Uh, you know, it's less than half of that that distance um, for us, for where I'm at. So I was looking at that drive. Um, the fact that it was a holiday weekend, the gas prices shot up for, you know, they always do. Um, and plus, you know, depending on where you are in the country, it's different. You know, guys, you guys know, you know, I, you know, moved from Houston, 33rd, 3rd Coast, shouts out, H-Town, um, to, to Vegas in 
January and have been living out here. But I, you know, you you know, I drive across the country back and forth. I get to see a lot of stuff. One of the things I have seen and do get to see, like on a regular basis, is the gas prices. You know, and how they fluctuate uh, depending on where you are in the country in real time. Like, or I'll be like in one state, and then six hours later, I'm in a different state, and I can see. You know, the the closer, the further away you get from the West Coast, you start getting to the middle America and Texas and stuff, the gas prices go down. Just so if you think they're expensive in, in Houston right now and in Texas and Oklahoma, you're listening, like come to Vegas and you'll start to cry. So it, it's just um, and while that's kind of a sliding scale down getting there, I was like looking at balancing that and. Just the fact that it's a it's a huge holiday weekend of traveling, especially out of our city, <clears throat> the 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 things just weren't looking, and I was looking that way that I wanted them to, and I decided I made the call, like you know what, I'm not I'm not going to do this. Uh, it was a little bit, you know, closer to the 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 last minute than I like to make decisions like that, and I of course do not like to cancel uh, anything ever, um, nor do I do it uh, often at all, um, you know, uh, but it, it was these kind of factors, the travel. Knowing that, you know, I had to, you know, I drive everywhere and I had to, you know, I got my car, I get my car regularly, like, um, you know, ma- maintained when I get home. So, you know, I just done a, a, a lot of driving on it and I, you know, got everything, you know, flushed and changed and rotated and everything taken care of. Um, for that this week, uh, knowing and anticipation that, you know, the next few weeks are just a lot of driving for me. Um, and, a lot of great shows and big shows that I can't wait to get out to. Uh, but, you know, all of those things combined and uh, I was just, uh, you know, it just wasn't in the cards for me for this one. Maybe I'll do it next year or attempt it. I I, I don't know. Uh, but I did have to cancel. So if you were going to be in Denver and, and expecting to see me, I do apologize uh, for that. But, you know, hey, sometimes you got to make that call. Plus, sometimes your body... It's just like, you know what, it, it sure would be nice just to take a little bit of a rest this weekend, uh, knowing that especially what came before and what's about to come down the pipe. So it was just for the best interest of like health, finances, um, you know, recharging, bo- like mind and body, uh, logistics, all of that kind of came into play for me being like, yeah, I just I'm not going to do it. Um, so I didn't. And I'm sorry uh, that I had to cancel that. But it, you know. That's how it goes sometimes. But I am very excited to be in Phoenix this this week coming up, like I said earlier, at Mad Monster Party. Uh, love that show. Um, shouts out Tracy and Cardi. I love you guys. Uh, can't wait to see y'all. And it's um, that's a great show uh, uh, You know, I'm stoked about, for sure. So I'll be there. Um, <clears throat> leave early Thursday morning and head out there, be there for the whole weekend. So yeah, so Denver just, you know, just didn't happen, guys. Uh, did I drop my notes? I think so. Oh, I did. Um, yeah. So, so no Denver. That that kind of explains that. Now I'm I'm here um, and uh, getting ready for Phoenix, which is going to be a blast. Ordered a fuck ton of books. Like I had to get. That was another thing. Um, just that comes into play. Like I said, managing my inventory, keeping like enough shit in stock from to get me from place to place. Um, that was another uh, issue um, as far as this decision went as well. I, I ordered a bunch of books, like a, a bunch of inventory I have coming into, you know, a lot, just basically. So it's, um, I, I had to bite the bullet on that. And just, again, looking at my schedule, looking at the time frame of things and, and where I'll be in the country at different times. I was like, I have to do this now. I just have to make this huge order and be able to have shit for everywhere I go. So that was another thing. Um, that came into it, but I'm I'm excited. I'm excited to go forward. I'm excited with, uh, um, you know, for the rest of the year and for the rest of the travel. I already added a, a couple more markets. If you know, um, in uh, in the L.A. area, I believe. Well, one in Texas, I guess. One in Austin, Texas, where I, you know, uh, in in November, and then we added another one in December in L.A. So check, uh, you know, go to johnwaynesdead.com to the shows page. Uh, like I said, I am adding new dates. Pretty much all the time, even into 2023, dates are already up um, on the page. So, lots of stuff, lots of lots of things going down um, in in the old uh, career career wise thing. So, so anyway, thanks you guys, and I hope to see people out in Phoenix. Give me a shout. Let me know uh, my Phoenix homies what's up, and uh, you know we'll uh, 
we'll, 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 we'll throw down. We'll throw down Phoenix style, baby. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, so that's, that's that. So next up, you know, oh, I wanted to do a, a just shout out to, uh, or, or give a little plug to my apparel line going um, up there on my johnwaysdead.com. You can uh, go see the uh, apparel designs that I have uh, out there doing. Um, thank you to those who have checked it out already and ordered some stuff. I'm constantly updating it, figuring out new designs and new products, uh, including right now the newest thing, the design that I, I posted uh, as in a sticker form a couple of weeks ago on johnwaysdead.com. It's the um, awesome dude for life, chill to death, uh, sticker. And then I now have that design on a t-shirt and pint glass over in the apparel shop. And the, the t-shirt actually is, uh, two-sided. There's uh, stuff on the front and back and the sleeve. If you choose to keep, keep it attached as you're wearing it, uh, has a nice bloody pentagram on the left sleeve that, uh, uh that I put on there. So this is, again, these are, all of these things are my art that I've, I've done and created. And, uh, then have worked with this this company to put them on uh, different types of apparel. So you know, check it out, guys. It, it it's uh it's cool. If you like it, uh, I appreciate it. Pass it on, and um, it's a huge help as well. Another way, if you want to help out Uncle Johnny, pick up a T-shirt, or or you don't even go to the the shop page uh, to buy books directly from me, and I will sign them and send you extra extra goodies. Which here's a little goodie. Here's a goodie that I've uh, I've come up with now. Um, you guys know that I smoke a lot of weed, like we talk about, like you do. And one of the things that I do like to uh, buy, usually what I'll get um, when I go to Oasis or, or wherever, is, you know, I'll get an eighth or a quarter or half, whatever I'm going to get flower-wise. But I'll always, you know, I like to pick up a pre-roll or two, uh, and that's a pre-rolled joint, uh, for those of you who don't know. And um, it's just a nice extra, you know, I like it. And, uh, you know, they're usually two for 20 and they'd get deals. Some of them are two for 12. There's all kinds of deals. I'm telling you. So when you buy a pre-roll joint, it comes in a tube, like a plastic tube. Um, that's the best way to put it. You know, sometimes they're different colors. They have, you know, the sticker or the label on them for the, the brand of, of weed that, you know, that they are, but they're these little, like, they look like plastic test tubes kind of right with a, with a lid on them that pops and shit when you squeeze it open um so you get these things and then you just smoke your joint and they just throw them away i guess like so i had this now i had an idea i didn't this now i didn't completely come up with this on my own uh but it it kind it i i've modified the way it, it's done um that actually like probably like two years ago or something i was listening to an episode of hollywood babylon which is kevin smith's podcast with ralph garman and Kevin Smith is one of the, you know, one of the many, many celebrities who have thrown their hat into the weed game that have their own brand of weed. He does smoke a lot of weed, so that's cool. But he has, you know, his joints and he smokes all the all of his joints. And he said he was going to start, you know, signing um, the joint tubes to give out at shows just so just as a or, or sell or something. I can't remember. But so that it's a way of recycling them. And it's kind of like a nice, you know, something for for people who are supporting you. So I was, I, I, that thought struck me the other day while I was smoking one of these joints and looking at the tube. <clears throat> so what I'm going to do is start, yes, doing that, signing the tubes that from the joints that I roll or the joint, the pre-rolls that I buy, I mean, but inside I'm going to include, um, each one with a piece of my uh, joint paper art that I make. So a lot of you have received those. If you've ordered something from the John Wayne is Dead, you know, dot com page, the site, um, the shop page, you know, books and records and stuff. I send art with those, um, and a lot of times they are uh, on pieces of joint paper, uh, you know, joint papers that I do it on. So what I'm going to do is, uh, you know, you know, uh, put those pieces of uh, art on the joint paper in in their own little paper that I also wrap around them when I send them, you know, and just roll that up, put it in the thing, sign a tube, and those are going to be extras that go out with orders. There, I'm going to have them at um, my table uh, to give out as extras and stuff when people buy books. Um, just my way to, like, you know, not only recycle the, hopefully, like, do something else with these tubes besides just throw them in the trash, uh, and just have a little like, extra cool, you know, hey, I, I, you know, I like John Wayne. He smokes. This is his joint art. Here you go. You know, type of thing. So I think that's pretty cool. I, I, I'm working on those. So hopefully you guys dig that uh, coming down the pipe here uh, very soon. Or I mean, I'm, that's by very soon. I mean, I'm working on um, 
it's one of the things on my list to work on today. So I have a bunch of tubes to sign and put stuff in. So, um, so guys, check that out, please, as well. Uh, what else? Yeah, I take notes um, so that I know what's going on um, now uh, nowadays. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and, and, and get right into uh, a, a little segment um, that I call the Corey Hotline. The Corey Hotline. Yeah. That's right, people. Corey Hotline. Now, um, first of all, the song is back. Um, I'm going to be playing the song, as you heard, for the Corey Hotline. That's great news. The bad news is no calls. No calls. I feel like... uh, (laughs) I feel like Al Bundy in that episode, uh, the Married with Children episode, where he gets the shoe line, Dr. Shoe, and uh, he's doing his commercials and, you know, and nobody calls. It's He's like, please call. And then the next commercial, he's like, you know, I, I asked you to call. Nobody cares. Nobody did. Nobody cares. So, uh, you know, you can also, it's 555-FILK, uh, 555-RIGNEY. Remember, no one knows more about Rigney than Dr. Rigney. Um no, uh, but last if you listened to last week's episode, um, I told you guys I was changing up. Uh, I, you know, we've what we're two hundred fifty three episodes in. Um, I was gonna think of changing up the format a little bit, just doing some different things, being talking about different stuff. Uh, you know, still doing stories and things like that, still doing recaps of the con. But you know, hey, what is it? You know, do you guys want to hear me talk about? You know, different books or different writing things, uh, music stuff. Uh, you know instruments you know like practice anything like all the kind of stuff that I just kind of like will go off on tangents I was like well what if I kind of uh you know concentrated uh you know aspects of those things to do segments or or if if people were into that so I I I asked last week to call in 832-930-1347 that's the Corey hotline 832-930-1347 one three four seven. You can call it anytime, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and um, leave a message for me uh, with a question that you have for me to play on the show, a comment, um, uh, a statement. Uh, but most most recently, asked for suggestions of of things if anybody wanted to hear uh, me talk about stuff. And and no one no one called, so that's okay. Hey, it's a busy time out there, and uh, I you know just sometimes. Just listening is what you can do, and I appreciate it. Not everyone has to call, but if you'd like to call, still, I am taking uh, suggestions. I'm always taking questions and, you know, whatever you want to say, and we'll play it on the show here in the segment, and we'll address it and talk about the things you guys want to talk about. Uh, but please call the Corey Hotline, 832-930-1347. That's 832-930-1347. Leave me a message, and guys, we will uh, we'll talk about it. But you know what? Hey, like I said also last week, I still I have some ideas of things I want to do, uh, segments and such. I, I, I just uh, also wanted to get some feedback. Hey, maybe that gives me a different perspective. It helps me to uh, spark some inspiration of like, oh, I didn't think about it like that. You know, those kind of things. So uh, so like I said, no calls, but please do call 832-930-1347. Um, and I appreciate it so, so much uh, anytime. But one of the segments that uh, I decided uh, to include in in the uh, in the show is a little something that I'm gonna call "What You Reading For?" What you reading for? Now, where that comes from, um, if uh, some of you may know or not know, uh, comedian Bill Hicks uh, from Houston. He is dead. He's dead. Uh, rest in power. He died in '92, I believe, or the end of '91. And he, um, very funny. Uh, I'm a big fan of his stuff, but he has a bit where uh, he talks about he's in, he's on tour, and he's in a Waffle House, um, eating breakfast, and he's reading a book, and the waffle waitress comes up to him and is like, "What's she reading for?" And he says, "Like, uh, what am I reading for? No one's ever asked me that." They've asked me what I'm reading, but not what I'm reading for. I guess it's so I don't become a fucking waffle waitress. And that's the bit. So uh, I always like that. Uh, what you reading for? Like that always stuck in my head. So um, so with this segment, I'm just basically uh, going to share with you guys, hey, what, I'm, what I've read or I'm currently reading uh, that has uh, gotten my, uh, my, my, you know, struck my fancy or, or just to relate uh, to you guys what I'm, what I'm currently reading pouring into my skull through my eyes uh, in in word form these days. So 
This week uh, on What You Reading For, I want to talk about the book Ladies' Night by Jack Ketchum. Now, um, I know a lot of people are familiar. Jack Jack Ketchum uh, was a major, major uh, influence on a lot of us authors, uh, horror authors. He has two since passed away, rest in power. Um, a great uh, collection of work to check out. A lot. Uh, he's known for mostly like uh, his first book was Off Season, which you know, awesome book uh, that he did that um, didn't actually get its due till a few several years later. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, you may know him f- uh, if you've seen the movie The Woman. Um, that was one of his books, actually. It's actually a uh, sequel to uh, to Off Season, which to, of which there are a few. Um, so, uh, so you may know him from that if you've seen the movie The Woman. So, uh, I I've been reading a lot of his stuff lately. Uh, just just getting into it, just going through his collection, and I this is the one I I just finished reading this, and it was pretty interesting. Um, because of so there's some history around this book too, uh, in that so like I said, you know his first novel was Off Season, and it's this you know it's a it's a horror it's a splatter horror very gory violent book um, about these you know this basically introduces this family of like kind of feral people who have been out in the woods for years of this part of the country, and they hunt people and you know this this couples you know or this group of you know family or couples comes to this cabin that they rented or, or whatever and you know the family descends upon them happens to just choose it's it's a very fucking awesome book and it was anticipated the the book off season to be a very awesome book um he got uh you know back in the day when it came out he got big advances for it he they they threw a lot of Mon- now this all this is interesting because this is all at the beginning of Ladies' Night, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this is that he has a foreword in which he kind of talks about this book coming out and the history and that. So so that's where I got this information from um, is from the foreword that that Jack Ketchum wrote. So they've put all of this money behind this book. They are there is going to be uh, he describes like you know cat like at the cash wrap uh you know at bookstores and grocery stores you know just displays like cardboard displays posts like this this book had a lot of buzz behind it it had a lot of hype that it was going to be like this huge thing so much so that they already um gave him assigned him to a, a follow-up novel um another novel after that before it came out, before it was released, and gave him an advance, which was substantial for the time. Uh, you know, we're talking, this is, uh, fuck, the early 80s, late 70s, um, early 80s that this was all happening. So, uh, you know, he's get, he already he's already signed for this next book, of which is the book Ladies' Night. Or, you know, and he's written this huge, he talks about how he wrote this huge fucking um, outline for it. And that is what he pitched to the publisher, and that's what they accepted and signed for. And so he felt like he really had to stick to that um, outline because that's the one that he pitched, and that's the one they took. Now, as it's about as it's getting closer for off season to come out, it starts g- getting some blowback from like retailers uh, and you know the the bookstores and reviewers who are like, this book is this book is nuts and incredibly violent. We're not, we're not putting this on the cash wrap of our store. We're not putting posters up of this. You know, no, we're not putting up your cardboard display of this. So all that started to kind of crumble around them. Now they've already paid for this stuff. They've already paid him. They've already given him an advance for ladies night. He's already signed. He's already obligated to put it out to, to give it to them, you know, but all of that starts to happen, and and in his first book, that it's all like going to be this big deal, that all starts to go away because, uh, you know, people are having this negative reaction to the violence before it even gets put out there. So, it does come out, but but has a much softer uh, release than they uh, not only anticipated but wanted. They had to purposely pull back and and make the release much, you know, just couldn't be couldn't hit as hard. It couldn't be as in as many markets. All of that. All of that because, you know, of the of the initial reticence to the, you know, people's reactions to the violence in this book. Now, very interesting. This is what's this is what I and I talk I talk about this with other writers, too, where you 
you know, the, when people ask me, when do you give up on something? Or when do you like, do you ever write something and then just start it all over? Or even if you're like, you know, X amount of pages in, the answer is yes, yes, yes. A thousand times yes, have I done this? Um, where you just get into something and you're like, even when you are 30,000 plus words into it or whatever, you're, or it doesn't matter, 3,000 words even, you could be like, nah, just not, I, this is not what I wanted. And you start over. And you either, sometimes you start over on that same idea. Other times, it's a whole other idea that maybe you wouldn't have even had. And this is what I tell people, if you didn't write those, you know, X amount of pages that you are like not happy with or aren't going the way you want, you may not have had that spark of the idea that sets you in motion for the next thing. That's going to be what you put out because you had to go through all this other shit, get the shit out before you, you know, got to that thing or that that's what inspired you, whatever. So he now has this ladies night book that he's, he's, just, you know, he now he's like feels the pressure. He's like, oh, shit. You know, he feels like, you know, it's his fault that he's let people down. Like the, the company, he doesn't know his career. It, you know, it could be over before it starts. He writes this book, Ladies Night. So it is a, when he first writes it, like I said, he stuck to that initial um, outline and was very, I mean, to the T. Because like he, he said, that was what they bought and he was already figured he was walking on thin ice and he was like, I'm not, you know, I'm sticking to it. This is what they wanted. This is what they bought. This is what I'm doing. So he does. And this book turns out to be, uh, when he finishes it and turns it in, it is, um, in excess of 400 pages long, a very long book. Um, he said it was, it was, it would, would have been his first doorstop, uh, had it come out. Because it didn't come out, it got shelved, and he got new management, and new agents, and new publishers, and this book sat. Uh, just he, you know, they they he got his rights back to it, whatever, but it never came out. Now this was like I said, turned in in the early '80s. This was supposed to be the the big follow up to a, the huge splash that Off Season would make. That uh, it was admired by you know the whatever people's sour reaction to it. Um, now it would come around years later and of course, you, you know, catch its, find its audience and, and be this huge book that he goes on to write the sequels to, and they have movies, uh, you know, made of these books, but it doesn't always start like that. And I, I just found that very interesting. Now I took this book and he tried to rewrite it a couple of times. He tried to change, like follow the, like maybe follow, uh, characters X, Y instead of AB and see how that went. He couldn't just, it just wasn't working. Um, he met, uh, he had a, a buddy of his that was also a writer in New York who was a playwright who they would drink sometimes together. He told a story about uh, them at the bar and he brought it up to him. Like he brought it up to his playwright friend, like, hey, why don't you want to take a crack at this? Like, do you want to take a crack at writing fiction, prose? Um, I'm trying to rewrite this or, or, or do something else with it. We could co-write something if you want to. And he said, you know, the guy was very excited about it and, and did do a, a very thorough job in, in what his part was and all this. But ultimately, um, it just wasn't it didn't work out either. So this book sits on the shelf for all these years. Finally, like I said, comes out in 1997 at less than half of what it was originally. The 400 pages are now, the 400 plus pages are now a cool 175 page book that comes out, it, come, it came out originally on Silver Salamander Press in 1997, which I don't even know if that is uh, still uh, probably defunct, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, very interesting. Now what this book is about, I'm sure you're like, what the fuck is that book? Um, the book is about... Um, in, in, at, the, at the start of this book in downtown New York, in, in, in the city, um, there is this tanker truck that takes, you know, one of the streets that's not supposed to have trucks on it and gets into this accident and, you know, gets killed, crushed, whatever. And the, the, the tank ruptures and all the, the liquid comes out into the streets and down the drain everywhere. Uh, they don't know what it is. Like the cops are there. They can't find his his sheet with all the info, but the tanker says ladies ink on it. And for, they don't know what the substance is that's spilling out, but it smells like cherries, like 
cherry lollipop smell specifically is the way they describe it, right? So that's it. Like, that's how it opens. Like, okay, there's an accident. And then it starts, you know, kind of following the characters. But what is happening now is whatever this chemical is, whatever this is, it's affecting only women, uh, not men. And the women become like, I, I as I was reading it, it's like kind of like zombies, but not really. They're not mindless because you follow some of them as characters in their minds after they've made this change, whatever's changed in them. But they they get much stronger, like very strong. Even the children, the little girls are like super strong. Um and they just want to kill all men. So they become extremely violent, single-minded um, in that in that regard. And it makes for it makes for pretty cool fucking kills in this book um, that these ladies, like they throw uh, this dude trying to hold up the burger, the McDonald's into the fryer and shit, like all, or onto the grill, all kind, like cool shit like that. Um, and it's a, uh, so basically the city just is, it just takes place over this one night after like this thing is, this accident has happened during the day all this shit starts popping off by the, by the afternoon, evening. And then at night, like, boom, you're the cities and like, or this, however many blocks areas in the grip of like insanity, insane violence and, and attack. Uh, so it's very cool. It's a very fast read. Um, like, like I said, it's, you know, 175 pages now, but, but it's very compelling in that the story is like, go, 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 go. Like the stakes just keep getting kind of piled on um, there. And, it's uh, it makes for a very like I said, very intriguing, very fast paced, very compelling. You want to turn the page and and finish the story. So um, I, I I recommend this. Like I said, it's kind of like the best way to put it is kind of like zombies, but not really. It's just that's just a good way to put them. They just become like killing machines of only men, and they're super strong and. They steal cop cars and like run people over. It's fucking nuts, dude. There's some really great scenes in this book and really great descriptions. And I, I, you know, as as there, you know, should be Jack Ketchum, of course, known uh, as a very excellent writer and um, very interesting history behind this book. That's one of the reasons why I thought, you know, I almost start off this segment first first segment with this book. Um, just so happens I happened to be reading it, you know, and finished it a, a week or so ago, and was like, oh, cool, man, this is a good one to talk about. But because you just never know, like you just never know with books sometimes or, or movies or anything like art and how it's going to catch on or, you know, what's going to happen. You know, nothing is, you know, like I said, his whole shit like fell apart. This was supposed to be a huge book. Uh, his first book was supposed to be huge and, and launched this. And now like everything just like changed pretty much in an instant, which is how things can be, which is why, you know, I say like we're always things are always in flux. We have to embrace the moment that we're in and, and enjoy it and get everything we can out of it because it's, you know, things are always in flux and we're always playing a balancing game like with our, our lives and our careers and things like this. But um, it's just super, super, super interesting uh, to me, history behind things like this and how it happens. So this is, uh, yeah, this is our first segment uh, of What You Reading For? And um, it is, uh, yeah, check out Ladies Night uh, from Jack Ketchum. Um, available out there. I know it's on Kindle and stuff. I, I'm sure you can find paperbacks of it and things like that. But uh, if you ha- if you haven't checked out, you know, if you haven't read any of uh, Jack Ketchum's work, I highly recommend you do. Especially, it is it is a little extreme and and has that element to it, um, but very well written and an excellent characterization. So it's just not uh, like gore for the sake of it or or, or or violence for the sake of it. It's uh, it's just, it's part of the story and it serves it. So anyway. First segment, hey, what you reading for Ladies Night by Jack Ketchum? All right, so moving right along, like I said, I still want to tell stories and, and do and do my storytelling stuff. So, uh, yeah, um, we're going to do that um, now. So today, uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and I was just, I don't you know, like these things just come into me. And I, I, I remember this story um, or this instance in my life, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to talk about this because I don't think I have yet. Or maybe I have. It doesn't matter. Either way, um, yeah, this is, uh, we'll, we'll call this um, uh, to play or not to play. So, um, uh, you know, as I've said, uh, I, I did a- attend a 
College, uh, Sam Houston State University. Eat them up, cats, meow. Um, and as I've said famously in the past, I didn't really want to go to college um, at all and did go. But the first, uh, you know, found, found and found, you know, what I was good at, whatever. But first semester there, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I don't even want to be there. So uh, amongst the... Uh, classes or whatever that I signed up for, one of the ones I was like, oh, fine arts credit for whatever, intro to guitar. Now, hey, all right, that sounds, I, I can do that. I play the guitar, kind of, at this point. Like, I play, started playing guitar when I was 16, so I'm 18 now. Um, you know, I've been doing stuff. I played in, like, a couple of little, you know, punk bands or whatever, but I'm by no means good, uh, what I say, and I, I still am not that good, but... By no means am I good at this point, um, or do I have, have I like started applying my discipline to the instrument at this point yet in my, in my music career or whatever you want to say. Uh, so I'm just like, you know, learning songs here and there and playing whenever I want and just not really getting a basis down for things, whatever, you know, it's just my, you know, stupid kid, whatever. So I, I'm going to take this intro to guitar class. Now that, uh, our teacher, I'll remember his name was Mr. Johnson and, um, he was uh he was nice enough, but man, he was a nerd, like just nerdlinger to the extreme. Um, but whatever, he had his you know acoustic guitar and he's teaching, and we go in, and I'm already like with a this is gonna be easy, fuck this with and that, but he so he's just teaching like this is a C chord, and you know people are like C, and this is a G, you know, but like one chord at a time, um, you know, and and, and we're playing like I remember he had us play like some. Green Sleeves was one of the songs. He said it was a classic song. And then um, Candle in the Wind, he had us le- all learn and play together. Um, the uh, Princess Die version, I guess, uh, was the one we did. Candle in the Wind was a song that Elton John did. Uh, forget originally who for, but, uh, but Candle in the Wind, the Princess Die version, I remember, is the one we specifically listened to in class and then played uh, along with and then played along with him while he led it and sang it. So, you know, that's about what we're dealing with here. And I'm on the other side like, yeah, but I like fucking rock and roll and na 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 da and this and that. And uh, but but I but I'm just bad. I know. And I'm just I can't play very well at all, nor do I know like a whole lot about music at this point or a lot of what he's saying, but I'm trying to be cool. I'm sitting next to some people. There's there's this girl I'm sitting next to. He's like, oh, see, you already know what you're doing. Yeah, yeah, baby, I know what I'm doing. Oh, yeah, I'm just learning. Wow. Oh, and I'd sit there and like kind of just like play some little licks that I knew, you know, before class, just like as like a pretending I'm warming up. And she'd be like, oh, wow, you're really good. And I'm like, yeah, baby, I know. Was not really good at all. So <laughs> I remember we're like doing this, uh, this whole class and, and I'm, I, I, I start. I was struggling in all of my classes just because of my give a shit level was very low. But this one, I was like, just not doing good. And the like little pop quizzes he'd give us, and like you know, it just. Uh, I I was barely skating by, and uh, I would see him sometimes in the gym, Mister Johnson, working out uh, on the gym on campus, and you know, I'd say hi to him and talk to him and stuff. But I, I could kind of get the sense of like, well, first of all, he's a professor or whatever, he's a teacher, and. He's do he's not in class. You know, he's doing trying to do his workout or whatever. But at the same time, you're, you're doing it in the gym with the students. Like so, maybe he was like, yeah, I don't really want to talk to anybody right now. Or, but I always got the kind of sense that he was just like didn't really care for me, which rightfully so. Maybe you know, I, I probably had an attitude. Um, but I remember going in for our final. The final was all we had to do was pick any song we wanted to pick, and play it and sing it. And it wasn't just with him in a practice room, not in front of anybody else. Uh, you had to come, you know, during your time and do it. And there were some other questions he asked. You'd like, play this or where is this at, you know, but then you'd play your song that you picked. And um, I uh, <laughs> I was like, OK, so and it wasn't even he said, like, you don't this isn't about singing. Well, not, not everyone's a singer. This is just a show like I'm just to get a sense that, you know, you, you've learned how to sing and play. That's part of like the thing, you know, or, or, or whatever, uh, comfortably, however you can do it. So I could have picked anything like um, a three chord song or a two chord, whatever I could have picked and done it. But I picked for some reason um, the man who sold the world, the, the Nirvana version that's on um, the unplugged record. 
because uh, I was listening to that a lot, and I love Nirvana and all that. So I, I wasn't. It, that's like a hard song too. It wasn't the easiest song on the record. It had that dun 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 that walk up kind of going on that he sang over, and uh, which is not that hard right now. But like back then, I was like, yeah, I'll do I'll do this one. Hardly practiced it. Whatever. I went in. I remembered. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do a, a man who sold the world, and he was like, oh, David Bowie, very good, and I was like. What? No, Nirvana. And he was like, it, it's uh, David, but David Bowie wrote, and I was like, oh, whatever. Anyway, this is Nirvana, a uh, man who sold the world. <laughs> and I just could, and I just proceed to just play this uh, limp dick version of this like song, just fucking it up all the way. Um, and it was just like, whatever. Uh, just not good. Not good. Deserved to fail. Should have failed probably needed to fail uh like just like all my other classes that that year but uh that semester but for some reason whatever i think he gave me a c which then gave me a d in the class which is the highest grade i got because all my other classes were f's and my my first semester gpa was a 1.4 so that's not a, that's not a grade they like to give out i'll tell you that much that's hard you got to really work to get that one but um yeah, but I just was like, man, I remember when I was just like, yeah, this will be easy because I have a guitar and I play it. And I just totally boofed it and, you know, had too big of a chip on my shoulder. I was 18. What did I know? And uh, I still don't know much of anything. But, you know, it just goes to show uh, doesn't ever hurt to be a, a little humble because we all could learn something from from something or something. <laughs> Whoops. All right. Here we go. That was it. Uh, my little story about taking that guitar class, thinking that I was hot shit and uh, just doesn't work out that way. But anyway, thank you guys for listening to another episode. I appreciate the support so much. Uh, if you're new to the show, thanks for checking it out. I hope you stick around. Tell all your friends. Don't forget to go to johnwayneisdead.com for all your John Wayne is Dead needs. John Wayne forever, life and eternity is on that page. Uh, All my show dates coming up, which I will be in Phoenix this weekend, coming up July, whatever, uh, 7th, 8th, and 9th, or something like that. Uh, For Mad Monster Party, can't wait. Come see me. Check out all the other shows. Uh, I've got hardcore travel for the rest of the year here, guys. So you can check out all those dates on the show's page of JohnWayneIsDead.com. Check out the new apparel, the new designs there on the site as well in the apparel shop. And in the bookshop page, you can get any of my books any of my records and I will sign them and send you little extra goodies. Don't forget about the joint paper, joint uh, little uh, tubes that are going into effect here soon, um, this very day as well. Uh, check out all that stuff. Thank you guys so, so much. Uh, I look forward to seeing you out there. Don't forget to call the Corey hotline one with your questions or suggestions. Uh, not 832-930-1347. That's right. 832-930-1347. And don't forget to follow me, John Wayne, on all my social media platforms. John Wayne at, I'm sorry, at John Wayne is dead on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and all your favorite things. Thanks, guys. I will see you next week in Phoenix. (laughs) 